0: Okay, the the Torah in many ways in the end of Parshas Haazinu and in Parshas Beracha ends with uh, with the Patira of Moshe Rabbeinu with the death of Moshe. Um, in a certain sense, it's like anticlimactic. From a different perspective, it's very much appropriate. The Torah we have comes derech Moshe Rabbeinu, and his Patira sort of like uh, closes off a particular a particular era. In the end of Parshas Haazinu, we're told where Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be is going to pass away. That we were told that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to go up to Har Niveau, That's where he's going to pass away. And Chumash itself seems to give us relatively... Uh, uh, precise locations in terms of where exactly that where exactly that is. In the end of Parshat, Vizos Habracha. Those of us learning the first part of Abbasra, at the end, the Shvona Pesukeh, Achronim So that describes the P'tira of Moshe of Moshe Rabenu. It describes all that took place, and there we are told that Moshe Rabenu is buried. Very precise again where he's going to where he's buried. But but nobody knows where Moshe is buried until until this very day. Um, this th- this led to an intriguing kind of a question. On the one hand, we seem to have descriptions of Moshe Rabbeinu and, and where exactly he's going to be buried. On the other hand, uh, we don't know where he is buried. The Gemara in Sota and Daf Yigimol Daf the Gemara in even describes the challenge that was found of people that went out to look for the kvura, to look for the kever of Moshe Rabbeinu. They were unable to find it. And the question is a very simple and basic one, which is. How come we don't know where Moshe Rabbeinu is actually buried? Why wasn't that something that was revealed to us? Why wasn't that something that we were made aware of? We know that the Gemara speaks about in many places the idea of going to Kibrit Tzadikim. Even in Shulchan Aruch in many places speaks about to'elas in different times of the year of going to Kibrit Tzadikim. So why would it be that we would not be told where Moshe Rabbeinu was? Moshe Adun Hanaviyim, me karim at his great Mila, why wouldn't we be told where Moshe Rabbeinu was actually, was actually buried? So there are many different explanations in Chazal, some which we'll mention very briefly and some we will elaborate upon. In, in Bamid Barabba, the Mejrash there tells us it was on some level a punishment for Moshe Rabbeinu, that in, in, in the interactions with Zimri, he was somewhat slow to, to respond. And, and in that sense, it was a punishment that people wouldn't be able to go visit his kever. That's one view in Chazal. The Psikta tells us what I think many of us may have been told uh, may have been told growing up. I don't know. The Psikta tells us that the concern was that Moshe Rabbeinu's Kevra would become a place of idol worship; that non-Jews would go there with their with their idols; that Jews would leave the Mekom Hamikdash and they would go to the to Moshe Rabbeinu's kever to offer karbanos there; that that Moshe Rabbeinu would be a person that would become a central figure. That is all the more understandable in light of those mifarshim that suggest that that was part of Ched HaEgel itself. That part of Ched HaEgel's sin was when Moshe Rabbeinu died, thinking that you know Moshe in many ways was. Like representative of, of God, that Moshe Rabbeinu had godlike qualities, and that was part of the Avodah Zarah, perhaps, of, uh, of Ched HaEgel, and therefore, that concern was present. It therefore wasn't a punishment to Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a function of Moshe Rabbeinu's, of Moshe Rabbeinu's godless. Perhaps one of the more well known answers is not in our Girsa of the Gemara in Sota, there on Dafya, Gimal Dafya Dal or so, but it is in the Girsa there in Sota that's quoted by the Enyakov. The Enyakov is one of the, is a, is a compilation of gadata. And there, when they quote this Gemara, they add a bit, it could be in the Bach and Soto also, I don't I do recall. But um, but there they quoted a little bit, um, they have a little bit of an interesting shot. The the Tortmima here quotes it in the Pasuk, in Parshabracha, points out it's not in Argirsa. But the Gemara says as follows and Why was Moshe Rabin's Kever hidden? Shagolivya do of Because Baruchu knew that the Bnei Israel were going to sin and they were going to have a Chorban Habayas. And, and the bonus Olam knew that if Bnei yisrael was going to have Chorban, then what could they do? If they knew where Moshe Rabbeinu was, was buried, they would go to to the Kever of Moshe Rabbeinu. They would cry in Moshe Rabbeinu's Kever. And then Moshe Rabbeinu, as a result of his tefillah, would be mevatel the Gezeira. So in order to ensure that Bnei yisrael would not have the opportunity to go to Moshe Rabbeinu's Kever, to Davin, to prevent Chorban, and as a result... Again, they wouldn't have to go into Gullah, so because of that, their abonoshalim hid Moshe as makkum hakvura. Some posts can quote this just to highlight the significance of davening by Kibre tzadikim. Apparently, davening by Kibre tzadikim is so great that even though Bnei Israel deserved to go into, into Gullah to have korban, had they davened by Moshe in his kever, so then they would all, they would all be good. Ask the Ben Yehoyada, a very simple question. Ben Yehoyada is one of the classic Mepharshim on Agadatha. He asks this there in the Gemara Mesachasota. He says, And so what? Wouldn't that be a good thing? Isn't our vashelim happy when Moshe Rabbeinu intervenes on B'nai Yisrael's uh, behalf in order to in order to ensure that they're going to be saved from sin, saved from punishment? Does Moshe Rabbeinu to do that all the time? Isn't that considered to be a, a good thing? Would Gershbaruchu be happy if he would do this, just like by Avon Haegel, just like by Hosea? That also, there are so many situations where where this is where this is the where this is the case. So Ben Yohayde has the following suggestion to explain why we have to hide Moshe Rabbeinu's kever lest we daven and save ourselves from galus. It's a very sharp kind of a pshat. I'm, I'm going to alter it a little bit. I hope that's okay. But, but uh, the, the general Yisot um, is, as, is as follows. Sometimes there is a there, there's korban which is there really as a as a punishment. And whenever Klal Yisrael is going to be punished, so when a tzaddik intercedes and davens on their behalf, that's considered to be a very wonderful thing. They're the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu, davening on their behalf. But the goal of Khorban in many ways, was to engender a tshuva process for Klal Yisrael in order to get them to a much better place, as Hashem going forward. The ultimate destination is a third base hamikdash. The ultimate destination is, is an eventual reality where Klal Yisrael is going to be, where they, in many ways, are meant to and ideally supposed to be. If we had our quick fix of going to Moshe Rabbeinu, whenever anything bad was going to happen, we could dive into Moshe Rabbeinu's kever. So on the one hand, we would be saved in many ways, but on the other hand, we would pay an enormous price. We would never actually have to develop and have to actually get better. And part of the primary goal of what the Rebbeinu Shalom wants is us to be able to sort of work hard, us to be able to strive to become more successful, to become more ideal, And not always to look for a quick fix of going to Moshe Rabbeinu to save us from a punishment. Is there sometimes a chashash that maybe as a result we will get punished? The answer is yes. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, for us to achieve our ultimate mission, for us to become the people we're supposed to be, that opportunity for real and authentic tshuva becomes all the more beneficial it becomes all the more becomes all the more important very very brief in brackets rural develops these so very very powerfully but that's part of the idea of a sarasme chuva we dafka don't impose postgame people the minagiz many people postgame not to kiss not to get married not to go to a din in a sarasme chuva despite the fact that those are all things that Chapa Kapar savonos those are all things that give you comparison. Why would you do the in a Sarasmei Tshuva? All right, is a great time to get comparison And LMI, part of a Sarasmei isn't about the quick fix of being able to get forgiven. It's about taking advantage of the opportunity to become better people. Close brackets on that. Nevertheless, there are uh, there, there are those who have other suggestions as to why we hit Moshe Rabbeinu's, why we hit Moshe Rabbeinu's, uh, why, why we hit his kever and what exactly may have been May have been driving at that. We'll share one idea and then we'll, I guess, shift to something else. The, uh, the Sefer Yemos Olam was the Sefer about the Amshinov Rebbe. So they say Rabbi Nachem Vamshinov uh, became the Rebbe when he was 18 years old. Came the Rebbe at 18, and some of the Hasidim didn't want to uh, accept this new Rebbe. He was a young kid. They didn't want him as their Rebbe. So it was the first Yard uh, site, Su'uda, for his father who had passed away. So the, all the old Hasidim came. And they had to come to participate in in, in their rebbe's first site. So the the new rebbe got up and he said, "I'll tell you a fort. How come how come they, they didn't know where Moshe Rabbeinu was, was buried? Except that they knew where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried, so then they never would have been able to be Makabal upon themselves Yehoshua as a leader. They would have always just going back to the kever. I, I have a kever to go to. I can go to this kever, I can go to that kever. They never would have had a real live leader like like Yehoshua. But the bonus knew that that would be a profound error. That that if people need not only Kibra tzadikim to daven but they need live, present leaders that they're able to attach themselves to. And, and, and that same Yisod, uh, continues to hold true. Yavin. So that was the, uh, that was the particular Ha'ara. There is a fascinating, a fascinating Meshechachma. We've been speaking thus far about why Moshe Rabbeinu's kever was hidden from Klaal Yisrael. Uh, maybe it's a punishment, the concern of the Buddha Zara, Moshe Rabbeinu daven for us, uh, the need for new leadership. But there's, uh, the Sifri has a fascinating daya, that not only did B'nai Yisrael not know where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried, but a few of Moshe Rabbeinu Atmo didn't know where he was buried. That Moshe Rabbeinu's kever was, was hidden even for Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Even for Moshe Rabbeinu himself. What exactly does that mean and why would it be hidden for Moshe Rabbeinu himself? None of these Pshatim would really explain that at all. So the Meshachachma offers the following suggestion in a way which I think is very, very, uh, is very, very beautiful. So the Gemara tells us in Parakashoel in and Misa Shabbis that the 12 months after a body passes away, so the neshama keeps on going, you know, up and down, up and down, checking in on the goof a little bit, checking on the goof a little bit. That in many ways, when a person passed away, they know where their goof is. Why do they know where their guf is? Because in the neshama that was so attached to the physical, and some of that was so attached to the guf, So even when they pass away, they still feel a shyness in the goof. So for the month after the year after, they're still sort of like checking in a little bit and floating the neshama, a bit. And that year, Uh, to see what's happening with the body how the body doing etc Moshe Rabbeinu was a person who, even while he was alive was so not he was so not physical so the Maral explains that Moshe Rabbeinu had a speech impediment because speech is the balance between like the abstract ruchni machshava and the physical actions and Moshe Rabbeinu's balance between spiritual and physical was off he was more spiritual and therefore he couldn't speak as properly but says the Meshachachma that that's why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know where his body was the pshat is that Moshe Benin, when he passed away, the goof had no significance, because his whole connection to the physical world was less important. He wasn't going up and down, up and down, checking on the guf. Moshe Rabbeinu was just able to say, once he passed away, he's back the olam ruchni the world where he felt most comfortable. And it wasn't Not only did Bnei Yisrael not know where Moshe Benin was buried, but even Moshe Benin himself did not know and was not fully aware of where he was buried because of his connection to the world of Ruchnius. Have a wonderful rest of your day.